It could be like uh, like in Wayne's World where they do the vocal count and then two and one. <laughs> <laughs> Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Yep, we're live. It is. Our live. Oh Lord. Okay. Oh my God. We're legit. We're actually people who people can see. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. All right. We are here. Okay. In that case, hello everybody out there, and thank you for bearing with us for three minutes. But it was worth the wait because we are live this week on Level Up with a very special guest. You know and love him, and if you don't, you're about to. <laughs> We're here with Andrew Perry of Revel Realty, but, yeah, but he is he is also currently running a brand new, fresh Revel on the Lake office, Niagara on the Lake. But Andrew, for, for those of you who know Andrew, I mean, he's been around for a while. He's super engaged with the entire real estate community. He is very much the go-to for everybody we know, including ourselves, when it comes to all things Niagara-on-the-Lake and the area. And for that reason, beyond everything else that we know and love about him, he is the perfect guy to talk to about what we're discussing today, which is building your referral business. Because mm -hmm. we were talking about it before the show, yes. and the percentage of your business that flows from referrals is a pretty big number. And that's agent-to-agent -agent referrals, yeah. right? Should, should I drop it or should you? I'll drop it. I know I know it more than I know Andy. So 85% <laughs> of your business is agent-to-agent -agent yes. referrals. That is unbelievable. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it's uh, – uh, I always like to, um, you know, kind of mention, you know, how long I've been in the business as well. So uh, we are starting – I'm starting my fifth year this year. Um, I believe will be five years and December. So, you know, I'm obviously very fortunate and humbled to the fact that I had the honor of being able to build my business through networking and re referrals. I mean, I know so many people that reach out to me on a very consistent basis that, you know, they have been in the business 15 years, 20 years, and they might only get one or two referrals. Now, granted, um, when I'm not saying social media wasn't around when they had started, however, you know, maybe in the last five to 10 years, has it really started to kind of take everybody's businesses up, um, on that growth trajectory as, as it has mine in sh such a short amount of time. But you know what? I think it's, it's also a confidence thing. And, um, you know, it's the, how I always start these types of conversations, uh, with realtors is, is, is the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's all about getting engaged and joining your local groups. And it's not just, uh, being dedicated to one group. It's, uh, having the ability to be able to communicate with as many different types of people as humanly possible. 
Um, and that, and what I mean by that is, is that I'm not just a part of one group. I'm part of an exclusive listings group. I'm a, I'm a part of a, uh, a, a commercial real estate group. We try to, uh, you know, we all have our expertise, but I, I, I try to meet as many different people as possible because what comes across my desk and what comes across your desk isn't always going to be the same thing, right? Yeah. Right on. So tell us a bit about how it all started. Like we, we do want to get into your history and you've been in the business five years. When you started, it's safe to assume you weren't part of a humongous agent network where people were coming to you from day one, right? So yep. where, where were you? Um, and kind of take us on that path that you've had for five years that, that gets us close to or where we are right now. Well, I have, um, I've said this a uh, little story a few times and you might you guys might remember this uh as it happened so the biggest thing for me and what i learned in my journey before i actually got my license is that i interviewed my goal was to do 60 entrepreneurs by the time i started my license and moved back to ontario to the time that i got my license mm -hmm. it didn't work out that way i only got in about 20. Um, but what that taught me was the importance of networking and sharing value. The biggest mistake I made when I joined my first uh, real estate brokerage, I, I won't say who it was, um, managers are amazing. I love the brokerage. I have a great relationship with them. However, what the biggest mistake I made was the fact that I viewed everybody at the beginning, obviously, as my competitor. And, you know, it's not like the offices had all glass walls and it was encouraging to uh, start these types of conversations with other of the top producing realtors. Of course, they had a ton of lunches and stuff where you could meet people. But the whole idea around building your business um, around other people's business was so foreign to me and those that were surrounded that I was surrounded by. So. Once I learned that, you know, and I, and I, like I said, I took this, this piece of value from those entrepreneurs that I met was that it's not about being competitors with those in your industry. It's about working together. And when you're on the other side of the table with somebody, you know, it's good to have um, that type of relationship and rapport. But then obviously from the referring part of it is that you can make your entire business around people that you have physically never even met. And all you need to do is build your relationship and, and build your name and reputation through ways of providing value. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to know how to be a graphic designer or give free stuff out. It just means that you could potentially just be a good listener. You might have some tips that you saw people in, uh, your referring group, uh, maybe they made a mistake. And it's just as simple, as simple as saying, hey, how's it going, Katie? I know we've never met, but I've seen you in, um, let's just use real estate hacks as an example. And I've noticed that, you know, you're posting a lot about building a team. We just actually started out. And here's a few things that I learned across the way. If you have any questions, please let me know. Something very simple as that. Now, if you ask me how I got started, here's the story. So what mm -hmm. happened was, um, I was noticing these small uh, little pieces of value in, in the real estate hacks group when I first got my license was getting a lot of traction. And I said, okay, what can I do to help get my name out there? 
uh, it wasn't like I was totally doing it out of the, 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 the goodness of my heart, I guess you could say. Of course, that's what it was about. But I was looking for these types of things. And I saw that people were offering, hey, guys, I've got this buyer presentation. If anybody wants a copy of it, let me know. I forget who it was. Probably Jason Steele. He's always hammering out a ton of value. There's another guy that I love out of that group. Um, but what I did was I said, okay, look, I learned how to use Canva and Photoshop. So why don't I post it in the group? Why don't you guys send me your headshots and your logos? I'll cut the background out. I will put you um, on top of uh, your own Facebook or Instagram banner, whatever you want. And uh, I'll send it to you for free. I did not expect to get the amount of responses as I did. And I got <laughs> over 500 people and wow. I spent three days straight uh, because, you know, there's a lot of people that were like, hey, where is it? Where is it? I'm like, hey, relax. It's for free. <laughs> Andrew, I want my free banner. Where's my free banner? Come on. So anyways, um, it took three days, but I got it all done. And at the end of it, not only did I have 500 agents' names and emails, like that was not the intention, by the way. However, that was an added benefit. And I also had these small little micro conversations with a large amount of people. So I knew little things about these people, just the way the conversations were. Oh, that's great. How did you learn that? Oh, I learned it. I just YouTubed it. How long have you been in the business? And it, you just get these little tidbits of information from people that, of course, you remember. And even if you don't talk to them in three, four years, because that did happen. When I went to go um, start up conversations again with, with random realtors, I realized that three years ago when we did that um, value send-off, I saw the conversations that we had. And you can go back to it and be like, oh, by the way, how did that turn out? And so now I had this list of 500 people that I have created a, a, a genuine relationship with. And it was just, you know, one of those moments that you have to really capitalize on and you have to really follow up as well. And so that's kind of all how it started with those 500 headshots. Wow. And so... At any point, did you start letting people know you were in Niagara and to, you know, send your referrals? Or was it more just they knew about you, they knew where you were from, mm -hmm. so you were top of mind as soon as they thought, as soon as they yeah. needed somebody for Niagara? That is a really good question. I think by the time I had already sent out, sent back uh, maybe 200, 300, I was like, oh, crap. I didn't say like, hey, by the way, use me. <laughs> um, however, everybody knew where I was yeah. because a good referral business is not just giving people value, free stuff, advice, um, you know, creating those connections and saying, hey, by the way, think of me. It also needs to be accompanied by a very heavy brand slash content way of marketing, something mm -hmm. that aligns with your message and your personality so that when people are they're not going to remember that one time. It's just like your clients, right? They're not mm -hmm. going to remember that one email that you sent or your one uh, uh, really well-designed postcard that you sent them. They're going to recognize by building Mindshare by the amount of touches, but also how those touches made them feel. So mm -hmm. that's why if you look at my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, it's not designed 
for buyers and sellers. It is designed um, to attract other agents. If you mm-hmm. wonder why I talk about, you know, um, uh, like video marketing tips, Instagram t- tips, uh, social media tips, I do that because for one, I enjoy it. And two, I know that my audience is going to find the most amount of value for that. So the messages that I get on an ongoing basis every day, it's not, hey, Andrew, I've got a referral for you. Hey, Andrew, I've got a referral for you. It's like, hey, Andrew, I heard you use Agent Locator. Would you be able to give us some tips? Hey, Andrew, I heard you're working with Studio PTBO on Facebook leads. Would you mind sharing your experience with me? Hey, Andrew, I'm looking for a sign guy. Like all these things, and and those are the types of conversations that I might not be getting a referral from you now, but those little pieces of continuous follow-ups and networking micro-conversations that will lead to a referral in the end. So the people who are watching this, if you don't check your Instagram, check your Facebook messages, check your uh, request, your message request, Guys, you could be missing a lot of business there. And for one, I no matter how busy I am, I'm always returning these messages in a super, super timely manner. And yeah. that's another piece of the puzzle, that if you're looking to grow your referral business, again, this isn't necessarily a conversation on how to get a referral. This is a question of how to maximize on your referrals. And if you know me, you know I live on Instagram and Facebook and my emails and my text. So if I'm getting anything incoming, you're going to get a response from me quick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Like you, You've built an ecosystem for yourself with this. This isn't just about one-off things and here's what I do when this happens. It's moving and working. And because of the the brand you've built for yourself with other agents, it's like you said, this is effectively the community building exercise for clients that people try to pull. Only your community is the agents. Right. Correct. Which is amazing. Which is really unique. (laughs) Yeah. And the the reason why I love it now, it sounds like it's this really well thought out detailed plan and campaign, <laughs> but it really isn't. It's just me doing what I love to do, which is create cool videos, create new and trendy things that I've seen other agents or businesses do across the world and then just change it up. Um, but it's always designed to be beneficial for somebody in our industry to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the reason why I've had that thought process is not because you know, the majority of my business comes from their future business. Um, but it's because I learned from the day that I got my license that to truly be free in this world, and I'm not trying to get all spiritual on you guys here, but to be a business owner and to be in real estate is a very special thing. And for those who are a part of the industry, but are not maximizing on the value that this industry brings, it only breaks my heart because we do have one life to live. And this industry can provide you everything you want and more if you just take the time to either listen or to help somebody. And these small tips might not seem much for for our, you know the, the person who's doing 500 deals a year, and they might, I've helped people that do thousands of deals a year. However, I'm saying that these little pieces of micro information are things that your average realtor can implement in their business and start really maximizing on their audience. And it's not just about referrals, but 
A lot of people really don't know who to use, what type of camera gear to use if you're doing it yourself or or who's the best quality because I see so many times where realtors want to make the investment in their business, but they hire the wrong people. So not only am I a massive referral agent to agent buyers and sellers, but I'm also a massive, I don't want to, uh, like a, a nucleus almost for other people's businesses that are uh, um, used on our daily businesses. So lead generation, video marketing guys, photos, um, social media marketing companies. We get, well, I get questions all the time. And I think that if, if, if people would just spend a little bit more time investing in themselves, I think their lives would just be that, and their business would just be that more beneficial. Yeah. So do you have the agents that you speak with? Do you put them in a CRM? Like, how do you keep track of all of these conversations? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I probably should. I do. <laughs> once we actually do a deal together. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They're in my CRM. Um, yeah. From, I don't know if it's just the old sales guy in me, but I've always been very in tuned with, it's almost like a feeling. It's like, and I, this is terrible. You should never run your business this way. Um, but it's, I'm very good at connecting with people that I know I have a good relationship with. And, I, and, we're, and we're almost, cons I'm consistently talking to thousands of people at any given time. But of course, yes, I do have them in a CRM for once we start working together because their name gets attached to the client that they've sent. Um, yeah. And then of course, uh, I'm always working on something. The best the best um, kind of thank you you can give uh, is a referral. And, you know, that's the gift. Because everybody asks me, do you send out gifts? Do you send out, you know, uh, I don't. I really don't because I, I actively try my best to get them business for themselves as well. And I think mm -hmm. that's the best kind of gift or thank you you can give. Um, so I do keep track of them in the CRM. And then I am planning a really, really big uh, referral networking, and I can't speak too much about it because I haven't decided where or when, mm -hmm. um, but I know it's going to be big. That's cool. It's cool. really exciting. So with people, like, you, you talk about how you're focused on basically getting back to everybody as quick as possible and, mm -hmm. and basically delivering value whenever someone's asking for it. And there's the age-old whatever you call it, a quote of, I'm never too busy for your referrals, right? The yeah. back of everyone's business card used to say that. Are you ever too busy for someone's referrals? Or if someone gives oh. you a referral where you don't have the right feeling about the person or the client, do you ever say no or kind of become the sub-referral to somebody else in certain cases? That's a very good question. And something that I struggled with for a very long time. Until mm -hmm. I built the confidence in my business, and in my team, um, and in the way that I knew I could service somebody. So, for example, talk to me a year and a half ago, and I would have done everything that was humanly possible for me to personally see the very beginning to the very end of every single referral I've ever had. At $200,000, at $2 million. With the last 12 months being as busy as they were, I found myself, you know, working with them for the first few outings and then just being like, I'm, I'm swamped. 
with business, so I would have to pass them off. However, I would always, always, always get permission from the referring agent and just say, mm -hmm. hey, look, you know, I, I was off for four weeks because when we had our baby, there's another, uh, there, was a, there was another impact to, you know, my serviceability. And I had to overcome that by anticipating what that would look like when it happened. So I always have that conversation with the realtor first. Now, if it's, it's, it's a little different, right? Because not every referral is the same. Sometimes it's an online lead that we're receiving from another realtor. Sometimes it's a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, but others it's Andrew, this is my very best client. And then I would say, look, I'm, I'm a little busy. Can I, can I, you know, work on it with one of my sales team members? Uh, Andrew, I really prefer it if you would work with them alone. And again, this is only when it was super, super busy. And I would say, absolutely. And I would make sure. Because there was a time, even though when we had our top produ producing team, where I would only work with referrals. I would never, ever pass them off. But now that we're getting to this level, it's, it's, it's difficult. Now, to answer your question more directly, I always do what's in my power first to work with your referral. You've trusted me, and I'm going to do what I can. Now, if it came to the point where we just physically couldn't do it, then I would reach out to the agent and say, hey, look, here's what's happening. Do you mind? Uh, all my agents are top producers and extremely confident. Um, we have agents that have been in the business four years, and then we have some that are newer. And we always make sure that the more experienced realtors are the ones working with the referrals. But again, those are all secondary to what our original strategy is, which is I work with them personally. Right. That's good. So... Now, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast and are watching the video who, let's let's assume they have no referral business or they're newer in the business and they're loving the idea of getting referrals because it is, it is a great thing to have, regardless of where you are at in your career, or for people who have had a good business, but none of it consists of referrals. And they've heard what you're saying, and maybe they're saying, yeah, I can do A, B, and C, and I can share that, and I can be out there and communicate with agents. However, I've built a brand that's all about speaking to clients and speaking to the community and, and the people I'm trying to get as clients. How would you suggest that they start to transition what they're putting out there so that it's not a, a seismic shift from I'm the client guy to I'm the realtor guy? Um, is this a start with conversations that aren't over or do they start to adjust what they're putting out there publicly to speak to yep. both audiences at the same time? So that's a really good question. And the best tip I can say for making that type of a transition is that when marketing to buyers and sellers, it's, hey, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. When marketing to buyers, uh, to agents, it's, hey, this is, look what I've done and look at how I've done it how I've done it versus what have I done. And that's the biggest key factor. Now, my secondary tip, which would be something uh, to start implementing before that is, but you, you have already said that you've already kind of built up that brand. But the most important thing as well is to ensure that you've chosen one thing, uh, a niche, if you will, a super niche, I call it. You guys have, um, you've got a lot more, uh, avenues to your business than just auctions, but that's something that you guys do. Right. What is something that I can do? Well, I know Niagara on the Lake better than anyone, and I'm going to market Niagara on the Lake 
better than anyone. So you could call it uh, super farming, you could call it brand niche, whatever you want, but you need to build that brand. Is, are you selling, are you uh, doing military transfers? Like find your one thing. Um, I sell historic homes and that needs to be the brand push. And mm. then once you, because because people are going to look at how you've done something, how you've become successful. And then if they go back into your social media and see that, well, where do they even work? Like the Niagara region is a, a fairly big region. So yeah. if I want to send my clients, I got to, I got to send somebody because if so, excuse me, so because if you're in the business a long time, you might have contacts in Hamilton or Fort Erie. So you should choose a, a demographic or a ge geographical area. There we go. Yeah. Got that at one out. That <laughs> is small and worth remembering. Right. And I think the important thing with that is it doesn't necessarily mean that that's all, that's only where your business is. Like you can still Correct. go out to other areas. Um, and Absolutely. I think when uh, new, especially when new agents are starting out, they want to be all things to all people. They don't want a niche because they want to take any business that comes to them. Right. So what would you, how would you explain that to a newer agent? That's like really struggling with the idea of like, I've got to find a focus. Hmm. Here's the best thing. Uh, and I can only, I can't really tell people what to do. I can only share my experience and, you know, what has helped lead me to the success I've had. So when I first started, um, I told everybody that, and I was just doing a podcast this morning, told the same story. I wanted to sell in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Selling in Niagara-on-the-Lake is like going out of nowhere and trying to sell in Oakville in the luxury market. There's a few old players that do it, and it's not necessarily an open door for newcomers. So it was kind of the same thing to come and sell in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And I said, that's what I want to do, and I want to sell luxury real estate. That's where I want to be. It's not like every house I sell is luxury. It's not. Obviously, you guys follow me, right? So the important thing is you need to stick to one thing. But make sure that it's something that you can see yourself doing for a long time. So it's something that you have to be passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, like, like our friend, Laura, where she's in Stratford and historic homes. And, you know, what her background, um, uh, she's a professor, I think, right? At one mm -hmm. point, right? Mm -hmm. Using her background into her business. So think about what's your background? What did you do before you got into the industry? How can you relate that into a brand? So I think that's super, super key. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're still going to be able to sell. I've had one person in my entire career say, Andrew, I would have called you, but I didn't think you sold houses under $500,000. That was one person. And obviously, I would have loved to help that person out. However, bigger picture, that's what works, focusing on that one thing. Hmm. That's great advice. So you've received a number of referrals. I mean, we said 85% of your business right now is agent to agent. And from those referrals, you do get clients, right? So obviously you're, you're, you're reaching out to people. But what happens after that for these people? Let's say you're helping someone purchase in Niagara-on-the-Lake as a referral, and now they're a resident of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and three years from now they're selling in Niagara-on-the-Lake. 
are you implementing sort of the standard CRM with those people? Are you keeping it an open door with the person who sent you the referral as a go forward? What is the long-term plan with the people who send you business and their clients? Yes. So that's a really good question. So example, <laughs> um, we had somebody, um, a referral from Mississauga. Um, uh, they moved in uh, September. They moved in September and they moved into Font Hill. And uh, where did we end up putting it over? February for their parents right across the street. Wow. <laughs> I, so I, I like to kind of do things a little uh, uh, mysterious. So, you know, I, I sent her a commission check and she was kind of like, what the, what is this for? I'm like, yeah, the clients he sent me in September, their parents bought across the street. Here's 25%. Wow. And it was a million dollar house. So she got like, I don't know, five grand or something like that. And it was the best surprise. And, you know, she uh, actually a realtor out of real estate hacks and had just had uh, an issue with another referring agent. And we know, mm -hmm. don't need to get into the story. And um, so I was just like, you see, like, you never know when things or how things are going to pan out. Um, so to answer your question, yes, of course, if, if you're going to send me the referral and, you know, something happens by way of extra business because of that referral, then you're getting paid. And, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Hmm. That's amazing. That's really like, wow, what a surprise that that must have been for somebody just to get that at the, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I actually learned that from a post from Barry LeBeau, by the way. Okay. That's true. You, you do see people talking about it a lot and you're right. I mean, the, the, the people who respond aren't really that split, but it is still a question of what happens in practice, right? When you're that agent yeah. looking at a $25,000 commission yep. check, the right thing to do and really the thing that makes you feel good and will probably result in a stronger relationship is doing what you do. But does everybody do that? Absolutely. I don't yeah. And you know what? We also had another quick stories. We had uh, a, a lady from Brantford who sent us an online lead. Mm. And um, it was at the time that I was just kind of talking about we're super, super busy. And I just said, hey, you know what? I'll make the first contact. I'll make sure that it's qualified and I'll send it off to the team. She said, yeah, no problem. Perfect. Sent it off to the team. I went uh, and had the baby. Property closed. Referral never got done. Uh, mm. I come back to work and I go, you know, I just saw some of the promotions. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a nice house in St. Catharines. Who, who did that? Oh, uh, one of your sales team. Okay, great. Uh, and then I went through all the deals as I do sometimes. I, what gets measured gets improved, right? I like to track all of our stats and everything like that. And I noticed the name. I'm like, I remember that name. Where was it? Going to the CRM. Sure enough, it was a referral. So mm -hmm. I made sure I hopped on the on the phone with the referring agent who honestly forgot about it. And I just mm -hmm. said, hey, look, this slipped through the cracks. We're uh, going to give you um, the amount of that referral on our very next deal. And she got paid within a few days. Wow. So, yeah. So it's, so it's super important just because you think people forgot or they might have forgot. You can't let those types of things go. No. It's always going to come back and bite you in the butt. Like anything in real estate, right? Like the moment you have that feeling, it's just like it always is the worst case scenario. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, we had. Sorry, one last one last story. We actually had another referral from Toronto, and mm. we were working with them. And this is not a lie. One and a half years, over ninety houses shown, ten offers submitted. 
And again, that referring agent totally forgot because the process took so long. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they got they got a check too. That one hurt a little bit because we we're like, oh my god, I mean, so hard. You know? <laughs> yeah, but obviously we we're super super happy to send that referral out. Do you ever? I'm just curious. Do you ever like? Is this? I know the standard is like 25. percent Is that no. does that ever change depending on no. a situation no. or that standard standard? Yeah. I did it one time uh, with actual with with that referral that I would actually send out the the parents referral to uh, because it was a super super qualified lead mm. and they were interviewing other realtors. And they were ready to go. We, we ended up selling it and buying them a house in only two weeks. Okay. And then we agreed on a 30%. But uh, for all those listening, we don't do that anymore, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just we, we, yeah. we just, it, it's in the amount of work. When you, as you guys know, you're business owners. With the amount of work that we put into absolutely everything from, if it's a listing, we spend twenty-five to $3,000 before the property even gets listed. For a buyer... We, we do full um, high-gloss printouts. We actually have them all set up in a concierge service for deals, documents, utilities, everything. And from there, you know, we give them a very, very special closing gift, and then they get invited. So uh, I'm not saying that, um, you know, we expect to pay less we just we we pay the standard fee of twenty five percent, but what we do guarantee is the fact that we'll make you look so good because you referred somebody to us. The right. worst thing is like, oh my God, Andrew, I had that referral that uh, for that listing guy. You told he came to my house and he just what a terrible experience. Is he always like this? You know how embarrassing that is, or how tarnished your name can be. When you send a bad referral out, think about if you've given somebody a bad mechanic or a bad floor guy, right? Imagine giving a bad realtor. So what we do is is we know, we study as much as we can about the neighborhoods we already know. And we completely, so when you come to Niagara on the Lake specifically, you meet with me, we go for lunch. I take you around to a few key spots. I give you, um, hold on. I give you. A bottle of red and a bottle of white from Paradiso Estate Winery. I give a handwritten note. I give a $50 gift card to uh, Willow Bakery, sometimes Budapest, and just something that's local and makes them feel special. Because when you're buying at Niagara-on-the-Lake, you're buying at a higher price point. And mm -hmm. sometimes those homes, they don't necessarily reflect the value that you've perceived because it's outside of the GTA. You can still get a home in Toronto for $2 million with granite countertops, updated floor. You come here, you get a much, much bigger lot, but that house might not be updated, right? right. So what are you selling here? You're selling the lifestyle. So before mm -hmm. I even meet with your referral, I've spent a couple hundred dollars and, and that's not even a guarantee that they're going to buy. That's just about building the... I don't want to say the perception, but I just building that relationship from the very get go to make them feel special and make them feel that this town was meant for them. Hmm. That's awesome. And it reaffirms to anybody who wasn't already sending business to you when they're thinking Niagara on the Lake, <laughs> that that's where to go. But it does, it leads to a question that you've sort of answered, but when people are looking to refer out and it's not Niagara on the Lake, 
Yeah. There's due diligence that has to go into that on our side as well. Like this yeah. shouldn't just be the squeakiest wheel in hacks or whatever it is. Yep. Because when you know how it is, somebody puts a question anywhere in social media. Hey, does anyone know a good realtor or sorry, a rock star realtor? Oh, yeah. And fill in the blank. You're going to have a hundred messages inside of 20 minutes. Yeah. So what is your advice? Um, and this might sound repetitive, but what's your advice to those people who now have referrals they want to send out and how they should do their due diligence and what they should be looking for? So I, I, I do, I agree with a few things that we see in hacks, right? It pops up. Don't just pick the most popular. I understand that, but some, in some respects, they're the most popular for a good reason. That's right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. Um, I don't even, I'm not even going to try to create an analogy here because I'm just not that smart. But anyways, the, the whole idea behind choosing somebody to represent you with your clients, of course, there's got to be due diligence. My number one thing is pick up the phone and call them. Now, everybody's, you know, we're in the busiest market ever, so it's not like they're going to be able to pick up. But how fast do they pick up? How fast do they get back to you? Because how fast they get back to you is how fast they're going to get back to their clients. Again, you can't base your entire decision off something like that, but it's just, it's gotta be a, a cycle of certain things that you need to look out for red flags that you need to look out for. So what I do is I'll open up their friends list, see who I have a mutual friend with. And if I'm really concerned, I'll reach out to a couple, but I've got a pretty good idea of how well you work by just stalking their social media. And mm -hmm. if you can see that, okay, good. They've got high quality services. Their photos are on point. Their branding's on point. They've got a lot of comments. Their reviews are all five star, four star, whatever. And then I've reached out to a couple of our mutual friends and they all say they're good. Then they're good with me. But mm -hmm. you, get, you get involved with these groups and you tend to know almost everybody who's getting tagged anyways. But if you absolutely don't know anyone or you have zero idea about them, just do a simple uh, um, social media stock, I would say. But also, again, if it's uh, something that you're really concerned about, send three referrals and have them choose one. Yeah. I think I think you're really supposed to do that anyways, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, I'm curious with just how the market, I mean, the market's shift been shifting for a while where you're seeing GTA realtors coming into Niagara and selling and helping buyers and all yeah. those sorts of things. So has that impacted your referral business at all? Are you finding people are reaching out to you more for information as opposed to referring you a client? Um, not necessarily from random realtors or people I know calling me for more information, but mm -hmm. as a listing agent, getting a ton of calls saying, Hey, what are homes going for you in your area? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll be honest. I'm not a hateful person. Um, I'm not like some of the comments you read on mm -hmm. social media groups, um, or posts for that matter. <laughs> I want to help everybody. I don't yeah. care. You yeah. wanna, you've got a strong buyer, awesome. Let's work together on how we can get a really amazing price for you and me, um, for the seller and the buyer, right? It's a win-win, and that's yeah. where what's important. Obviously, we're going to choose the best offer that's going to fit our clients. However, you know, it, it's one of those things where we are all licensed to sell in Ontario. Right. So coming from 
that mindset in just getting bitter because people are selling in other cities that they don't necessarily represent on an ongoing basis, I think is, is wrong. However, my gut and my heart tells me that it is wrong or that it, that you shouldn't be doing it because you need to be representing your clients to the best you can. Um, but it does happen. And we, we, the best, the best outcome is that people are going to do it and there's nothing you can do to stop them. So Mm -hmm. what can we do to ensure the home closes and everybody is happy is we just work together. Now we encounter things that, you know, just here's the thing, guys, if you're, if you're driving out of town and you're driving three hours to show a home, you know, nothing about, and you call the listing agent and say, you know what? I'm not even going to drive there. You know, my clients are coming in. Can you show them? I'm actually going to say, yes, I'm going to help you. However, I'm not going to sell it to you when you're writing up the deal. If you have not seen the property. So Mm -hmm. no, I'll take on your clients and I'll kick you a referral fee if you want. However, I am not selling a home to a realtor who has not seen the property. I don't care if your clients haven't seen it, but well, I mean, sometimes I do, but I have, (laughs) it depends on the property. I have sold people completely digitally. I've sold Mm -hmm. to Dubai and they did not even get on a plane. So Hmm. uh, you can do it. But having said that, if your realtor is three hours away and they're not going to bother to show the house and they don't know anything about their house to advise their clients, that could be scary come closing time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but it has not affected my business whatsoever. The no, people every- that I, I, it's a scarcity mindset, those who don't do well, mm-hmm. and, and if you're listening and you've, I, I don't, I'm not trying to pinpoint you guys. I'm just saying it, it's typically the type of realtor that doesn't have, you know, a 10 million, 50 million, $100 million business. It's typically those that are, might be struggling a little bit. So all the yeah. power to them. My mm-hmm. referral network is always top quality realtors. And, you know, it's been working out. Well, and and that's really what it comes down to is just it's quality, it's ethics, all of the sort of stuff that builds trust in everybody else, right? You're only as good as what you put out there and how you actually back it up with what you do. Mm -hmm. And I think social media has given people a vehicle to portray things that might not be the case. But as you said, the moment you get somebody on the phone or stalk them just a little bit, I think everyone's yeah. bullshit radar is good enough, regardless Absolutely. of how long you've been in the industry, that you can you yeah. can evaluate this you, stuff. You would pretty- be very surprised. Like, I'm not an idiot, right? I can understand when people are talking about me without talking about me. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the types of people that they will take whatever perceptions they have of you, and they'll make up their own mind. Mm-hmm. So... Because at the beginning, there was a little bit of perception versus reality thing. It, it was always tr- I was always trying to build that brand before I had the experience, and that's it worked out well for me. But I, mm-hmm. I know that becoming a quality and, and valued person in this industry is much more important. But just because somebody, you know, has loafers and no socks and uh, wears a tailored suit and drives a Mercedes doesn't mean that they're all full of it. All right. It just means that this is how we like to dress. Yeah. So we can still be quality. Oh, yeah. I'm not wearing socks now either. That was I'm just messing you guys around. That was was my promise. That was my promise for this interview. Yeah. So so let's. Oh, here we go. go. There it is. Good stuff. And that's why people can't just listen oh, to the podcast. Look at that. What? <laughs> oh. 
faux no socks. Wow. That you guys actually thought I wore no socks? My feet there would stink. Go. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was just like, that was breaking news right there. That, that was. Like, picked up on, like, yeah. Somebody's going to make a meme of it. That's right. I, I, I might be able Probably to guess Jeff. that someone would be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So tell us a bit about what's happening. I mean, things are big for you at Revel right now, not with Andy, but yeah. with Evan. And uh, what is happening with your growth and where are things headed for you guys? You're five years in. What's the next five years look like? Uh, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, something that we've thought about a lot. Um, and it's been, it's been my plan since day one is to replicate the business that we have in multiple different markets. Revel is growing like this. It's yeah. where it's almost unstoppable. And yeah. we're and we're going national. We're going places that, you know, are coming up that we're gonna be releasing soon. Um, and I just wanna be a part of that growth. And just to correct you guys as well, I don't wanna take anything from Nikki and Ryan at all. Uh, I think and now that I'm, you said owner, we don't own the actual business. We actually run the office yeah. on a corporate level from this from this branch. We, we, there, Revel does have franchise options. We didn't go that route because Revel has such a massive support system. From the back end to the marketing to, you know, our broker of record is phenomenal. And, you know, going a route that separates us from that, uh, it was just something that in my heart we felt we didn't want to do. And yeah. we want to work. In, in, and again, our franchisees are not going to feel that they're breaking away from the pack. We're, we're a very team-oriented brokerage. Um, and that culture is just instilled in us all. However... I do want to ride that coattail of what Ryan and Nikki has built and, and develop something that just complements that and, you know, work together to replicate the fine estates team and revel in multiple different markets. So I see myself in five to 10 years having multiple locations and working with revel to, you know, build a better future for everybody involved. That's awesome. And yeah, not to take anything at all, at all away from Ryan and Nikki and like right now, no, Revel's got, is it, is it six offices now? Or is it more than that? That Revel's got more? Oh, man. Yeah. When was the last time we talked? Um, so we have 11 now. 11. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. So we, we, I didn't even know. Clearly, we I mean, started, we started seven years ago with four realtors working out of a garage, just like Amazon, right? Coincidentally. And, right. um, so, and now we've got almost 220 realtors in 11 locations. That's so I don't know if you know this, but I'm also the director of recruitment um, for the brokerage. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it's the same way I run my referral business. I don't mm -hmm. go out telling people who I am, what I do. I just go and I let our success speak for itself. Yeah. Um, so you might not have even known that I was the director of recruitment and that's kind of the way I like it. And mm -hmm. I have had the amazing and honorable opportunity to help revel grow from that six last time we spoke, spoke for, uh, four, I think when we, when we had you guys on the show, uh, the daily real podcast back in the day, right um, <laughs> and then now we have 11. So our latest, uh, being Muskoka. So Muskoka, Georgian Bay. Barry, Milton, Brantford, Grimsby, Niagara on the Lake, St. Catharines, Font Hill, 
uh, Fort Erie, Niagara Falls. Uh, I hope I didn't leave anybody out, but yeah. That's amazing. Are you coming to Toronto? We have plans, of course, but yeah. with Rebel, yes. um, we although we have been on that growth path uh, fairly quickly in the last 12 to 24 months, we've been working with the right people. And that's, we would love to be in Toronto, but it's all about finding the right person. We, we, it's very important that we're, we have the ability to foster that culture in different markets, which is incredibly difficult, believe it or not. You got to find the right people. You do. Well, that's, that's so important. And it's, 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 well, even though you guys are like going super fast, it, it does take a while to slowly build that up and find, as you said, find the right people that you can trust that. Buy, not buys in, but like wants to be a team player and collaborate. Exactly. Um, and that's something that um, obviously is is why you guys are so successful is because people, that, that's just contagious. People want that for, for the business and for the brokerage that they work for. So it's just incredible Absolutely. what you guys have done. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I wish I had everything to do with it, but uh, I'm just a real small piece of the bigger pu uh, puzzle. Well, keep keep following that Amazon trajectory. You might you might have a yeah. maybe maybe you'll be the next one up in space after Bezos. It'll be <laughs> be a Revel office on the moon. Yeah, there you go. As long right. as I get to broker that deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some, something tells me that would be a couple of bucks. Yeah, Laura's yeah. actually online asking for you to to build that Stratford office. Yeah. So keep that in the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be epic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you being on and yeah, again, you're very welcome. What you provide. Like what you guys see here is exactly how Andrew is everywhere. You know, if you go on real estate hacks or any Facebook group, he's always there just spreading positive messages, never, um, you know, putting anybody down or anything like that, never complaining about what other people are doing in this industry. It's always positive And we really appreciate yeah. that. You're very welcome. Remember, losers focus on winners, winners focus on winning. That's awesome. There you go. And before we go, yeah. where can everybody, if people aren't yet following you, yeah. God help them if they're not, but now's the time. <laughs> where can they find where can they find you? I just I always keep it simple. You just follow me on Instagram, send me a DM. Uh, anybody who sends me DMs, I, I follow back and respond right away. Awesome. A right Perry, on. sorry. There you go. Whom everybody knows my Instagram handle. But yeah, it's just, at A just, Perry. Just find me on the gram, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. Wonderful. Sure. Well, thanks again. Yeah. And we really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,